for listening to Syntax, the podcast with the tastiest web development treats out Strap yourself in and get ready. Here is Scott Talensky and Wes Boss. This is Dave Rubin. You're listening to, you're listening to another episode of the Shop Talk Show with Dave El Diablo Rupert and Chris El Chupacabra Clear. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Wasn't prepared for that one. Couldn't say I'm ever prepared for what you're about to do at the beginning of a show, but that was a good one. Well, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta, was it a wrestling reference because we're going to invite two other wrestlers to the ring? Oh yeah, brother, it's going to toe-to-toe, head-to-head, 360 degrees. East versus West. Yeah. Canada versus America. React versus View. Okay, well, sorry about that, everyone, but this is a crossover show and a very exciting one-on-one that's been taking too long for us to get going, but we got it going. Now we have the fellas from Syntax on another podcast with the tastiest treats for web developers. I think I have that right, but it's Mr. Nailed West Bost and Scott Talinsky. What's up, guys? Thanks for coming hey. on the show. Hey, yeah, Th- thanks for having us. This is going to be an exciting little crossover episode. Big fans of Shop Talk over here. So uh, honored. Yeah, if you end up publishing this, I, it'll be awkward that I welcome you to our show because really, oh, it's that's okay. Like well, the here, same. We'll, 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 we'll just welcome handshake. you. Thanks for coming on the Syntax Podcast. Ooh, welcome oh, to Syntax. Well. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's my great pleasure and honor to be on the show. Um, I think there's a lot of crossover listeners between our new sh- two shows. But if you didn't, if you've never heard of these fellas, head on over to Syntax FM. They do. Uh, they're the they're the real powerhouse of of web development podcasts i'd say they have like a nice website and stuff and they record more often than we do so it's just kind of better i'd say um <laughs> i think wes gets all no the credit for the nice website <laughs> I, I, I pushed a couple updates here and there but uh wes is the real powerhouse of that website uh, you guys have a nice website as well haven't you guys redone it like a couple times and you've been doing it like how long have you been doing a podcast we just constantly do it. It's going to be, I, I know because I've written it a couple of times, it's going to be 10 years in January. So we're at oh, nine and a half smokes. years. Yeah. yeah. I remember listening to Shop Talk at my first dev job. Oh, Whoa. oh right on. Wow. Sweet. That does not make me feel old. It does. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's it, 10 years flies by, y'all. So it's fun. Um, I think every week uh, we get a request that we should do a shop talk or a show together. So this is, I, I feel like we're fulfilling a lot of user requests because uh, not a week goes by. I don't see a tweet. I'd be like, we're, we're closing, we're closing about 20 GitHub issues right here, putting this together. Yeah. Yeah. What I like about you two, among many things, though, is that you feel very modern in what you do and what you talk about. So the topics are are news, but, you know, you're not you're not like anti anything, really. You're, you know, you've, it seems like you do a lot of work in React. Maybe, Scott, you're doing a little more svelte these days. But, they're, you know, that's like modern. That's what the front end development kind of is these days, like it or not. So you don't, you don't, you don't like talk about it like it's this newfangled thing. You talk about it like the reality that it is, which, which, which I appreciate. Oh, good. Yeah, we we were actually just talking about that the other day on the podcast. How like we don't want to be the this thing sucks. 
podcast because yeah. there's certainly enough of that out there. We want to be the people that are excited about new technology and uh, and like praise the things that are doing well in our community and and the tools that we like to use. Yeah, and you've but you've been around long enough, and and your the variety of stuff that you talk about is maybe a little similar to us. There's not, it's not like you. I mean, you've done a bunch of shows on just like vanilla CSS stuff. You know, I just listened to the Miriam show; it was great. Oh gosh, oh my god, what a fountain of knowledge! But but that's just you know that that stuff has nothing to do with React, even though maybe that's a topic that that hits your show a lot because I think you both write it a bunch and have a lot of experience in it and literally sell courses. It's like your life's work to yeah. sell yeah. stuff <laughs> about it. So maybe that's appropriate that you hit that topic and center around it to some degree. I think it helps that that's our foundation too. I mean, my foundation is is very much CSS and HTML more so than JavaScript. And my JavaScripting only really started heavy with like Angular 1, really. Uh, I mean, I jQueried it up a whole bunch, but you know, if I, if we're talking writing full apps or doing anything like that, I, I wrote some backbone here and there. But for me, it was like always foundational CSS, HTML, and that that was my bread and butter. So, you know, man, that's that's my my favorite stuff to talk about. To be honest, that's cool, right? Because you you could imagine a, a show that's like so newfangled that it's just like that the topics of like vanilla HTML and CSS are just not that interesting to a and not you know for better or worse, just not talked about. It's stuff that like is constantly changing too. Like it's, it's kind of exciting. Like we did a show on HTML a couple of weeks ago and it's like one of the best shows, like the most listened to, uh, I think we called it the surprisingly interesting world of HTML because I, we were talking about like, Hey, we never done a show on HTML. And I was like, well, what's there to talk about? You got tags and a couple attributes. And, and then we went into her like, Holy smokes, this goes deep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You could never do one. I mean, it's it's really deep. The the amount of HTML like APIs is. I'm sure it's not quite what JavaScript is, but it's it's far. So if, especially if you're not just talking tags, because tags is one thing, but attributes are all you know a whole other universe. Yeah, we yeah. we have notes on a show on the link tag, <laughs> like like <laughs> like the actual link tag, and yeah. uh, there's just so many different attributes, and it does so many different random things. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's that's a that's a weird one. It's a, I even think it's weird that it's di- like there's been no evolution to try to bring together scripts and CSS. Like, why are those two different tags? That, yeah. You know? yeah, 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 that's true. Right. <laughs> yeah, it was one of the things that when I was first starting, I would always reach for the wrong one, and then you're oh, I gotta Google which one it is, right? <laughs> <laughs> gotta Google it. But I am curious about like what your current like day, like if you're going to sit down and build a website of 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 significance, you know, like Scott, you're working on leveluptutorials.com or whatever, like your bread and butter stuff. And maybe you could even rewrite it from scratch, like you're free of the existing technical <laughs> debt or whatever. Or in in both of you, really, like like what's like a hot what's like a hot stack right now? What would be and not because it's popular, but because you like it. Well, this is an oddly. Um, um just just a timely conversation or question because uh, I am currently rewriting the entirety of the front end of Level Up right now mm. in SvelteKit, um, mostly just because I, I tried it and I'm not 
you know, I was always joking that like, oh, oh gosh, this is so good. I'm going to have to rewrite all of my stuff in it. And then I started thinking about it and I was like, well, maybe I'll just hack together something here just to see what that would look like. And the next thing I know, it was like three hours in and I had most of the difficult problems solved in it, like the auth stuff. Wow. And, the, yeah. and I was just like, oh, oh crap, this is so good. I'm going to have to do it. And then, uh, I, I presented it to some of the guys we work on on the site with and was expecting them all to be like, no, that's a terrible idea. And at first they were like, yeah, it's a terrible idea. I was like, well, let's just, let's maybe just like hack a hunt for a week and see how it goes. Mm-hmm. I think everybody was so impressed with it that, uh, oh, so it's not just it. Svelte. Svelte we know as a kind of JavaScript framework that's an alternative to something like React Review because it, it's still component based. It's still... I don't know. You can make a single file click button and stuff. Yeah. But it has some it has some great styles, cool animation stuff. It has cool CSS stuff. Like I, I understand people uh you know that I can't say that I get it as deeply as you do, but that's the category of thing that it's in. So what's Svelte kit on top of that? It looks like the marketing says it's kinda like next for Svelte. Yeah, that's really it. It's a you know full stack for building server side apps. But what's cool is that you like don't have to think about the output of it. There's like little adapters. So if you want to output to what a does node server app, side, mean you got to put. Do you have to put node behind it or no? You don't have to. Um, they they have these uh, things called adapters where you just install an adapter and say, hey, give me the node adapter, and then it spits out a node app, or give me the static mm. adapter or the Cloudflare workers adapter, whatever you want, and you can basically output to any of those. Things. What? There's a Cloudflare workers adapter that rules. Yeah, there's a Vercel adapter, Cloudflare workers, um, Netlify. I mean, there's adapters for a lot of stuff, and it's still brand new. I mean, the thing's in beta, but how do they got that kind of dev muscle on this brand new thing? It's cool. I, you know, begin.com, they wrote their own adapter for it. I'd have to assume they're, they're fairly trivial to get going, but I, I haven't looked at any of the adapters oh, maybe myself. Maybe that's why it's, maybe it's easy. Yeah. The dev experience for it though is, is just amazing. Um, the amount of code I'm having to write for each of my components is, is probably like a good amount, like maybe let's say 40% less on every single component. And it's extremely oh. effective. So we're, we're using that with a, um, a fastify, server to power our API. And the API is GraphQL using something called Mercurius. Mercurius is basically just the Fastify GraphQL, uh, like the the Fastify GraphQL package. And it comes with a whole ton of stuff to make GraphQL servers a little bit easier. So you have a GraphQL server somewhere and then it does more stuff? Like does it like CDNize your API or something? Yeah, and it gives us like built-in support for things like loaders. So to avoid the N plus one thing that you get with GraphQL where you can end up accidentally doing 100 database calls instead of the five that you went to. So it has all that stuff baked in. So it made it really hmm. easy to, to get going. So we have the Fastify API and then the Svelte Kit site hits that API. And uh, then we use something called GraphQL Code Generator to basically scoop up our, our schema and spit out okay. um, all of the mutations, all of the functions. And in Svelte Kit, they end up just being a function. So we don't have to deal with like a react hook where like with a the react version of the same thing it would give you a react hook like a, a use get user yeah. or a use user hook that you then have to call another function that calls a function that eventually gets you your data but this is just a a function yeah. that could either return a promise or an observable depending on what you want and uh oh so some it does some real timey stuff yeah, so it ends up basically just scoops up our schema, scoops up our, our GraphQL queries, and then mm. spits us out a function. And I just import the function and say, hey, get me the thing. It gets me thing. And then uh, I render it either server-side or client-side, however I want. 
So if I had to choose, uh, that's a stack I, I well, which I have gotten to choose. That's the stack I went with. Yeah, <laughs> that is exotic. SvelteKit, Mercurius, GraphQL, yeah. Fastify. Woo! Yeah, and it's 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 pretty hot. I like it. Uh, I mean, my the site's been on Meteor forever and ever and ever. Um, so we moved off of Meteor onto the Fastify Mercurius, and then now we're ripping out the front end. So. Uh, after that, we'll actually get to iterate on some features, believe it or not. So. <laughs> I want to ask Wes the same question, but I do have one curious about these generated, these generated, they're not hooks, they're generated mutations and stuff. What if you don't want, like, you've, you've never needed to, like, write your own mutation or, or, like, change a mutation to be like, no, I don't, this generated one is not right. I want mine to be like. So you would still write a .graphql file that is, like, the GraphQL mutation side of things. But the like in in um the previous way you would do it with like Apollo or something is you would write that query, then you'd either import it or use it as like a string um inside of like a GQL function and then pass that into the use query hook. Um, and this right, just saves right, that right. step where you don't have to have that live in your code somewhere. It doesn't save like a crazy amount of steps. It's not like um an ORA. It's not it's not taking like doing like what Prisma is doing. Or is it Prisma or Prismic? Prisma. Prismic is the hosted uh, oh. hosted CMS. Oh, yes. yes. So it's it's not it's what, confusing. It's not what Prisma is doing, where it's 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 not writing any any uh, anything for you. It's not saving you a ton of time, but it is saving you some maybe bloat in some of your files where you just end up having like a, the same thing. I've never heard someone say, "Oh, hooks." That's too much boilerplate. You know? yeah. Hooks were kind of like a whoa. This is easy. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it feels, it feels like it's over-engineered compared to what we're working with now though, which is, um, I, I don't know if I would have said the same thing a couple of weeks ago, but now I feel that way. Definitely. This episode of Shop Talk Show is brought to you in part by CMS Hub, by HubSpot. Maybe you know HubSpot as a CRM. It is that. It has a bunch of different hubs, you know, hence HubSpot. (laughs) Uh, There's like a marketing hub, meaning lead generation and automated marketing type stuff. A sales hub, which is the CRM, which does stuff like schedules meetings with your leads and provides quotes and stuff. They have other hubs, but CMS Hub is what we're talking about. It's, you know, a content management software that's super flexible. You can build whatever you want on it. In fact, you know, it's like any other CMS. You work locally uh, using whatever tools you want and then deploy to HubSpot. So it's your host and it's like a framework for content. What's cool is that the CMS part of it is tied to the CRM parts of it, meaning that you can build a website that, you know, people log into and use in that way. But then you are also customizing it because you know who they are and the fact that they're a lead and you know some information about them. You can customize the website around that uh that's pretty darn cool like this is an interesting example i think they have like a real estate site where you do normally you think of a crm as people in the crm but in this case there's properties are the things in the crm so like one two three elm street or whatever that way the website powered by cms hub is grabbing that crm data and making like a website of real estate listings, you know, but the real estate listings are in the CRM. So they're like, you're like gathering leads on it. Like Julie wants to go see the property at one, two, three Elm street. You know that I think that's uh, just a really cool and interesting idea. It's loaded with other built-in features. Like this is pretty advanced style hosting. They have serverless functions, for example, which is a pretty modern, cool idea that I use all the time Uh, as membership management in there. Again, these are, 
websites you log into, you know, not just like brochure sites or whatever. There's search built in, for example. You don't have to reach for some third-party search. They've got search handled for you with it. Uh, That's all I'll tell you for now. That's CMS Hub by HubSpot. Thanks for the support. So, Wes, are you? I mean, you did a thing where you used Apollo, and st- are you kind of React Apollo? Is that your f- fave? Or yeah, that's some, that's. Yeah. I've I've been dipping into Svelte as well because Scott won't stop gushing about it, um, and I see I see where he's coming from. It's like I'm, I was just working with it this morning, and I was like, oh yeah, like there's just little things like the templating and working with forms, and the API is really really nice. Um, but currently. All the apps that I've built and and kind of the stack that I like is uh, is Next.js. It, it seems to be coming pretty stable these days. Like they just announced Next Eleven a couple of days ago, um, and there wasn't any like fundamental big changes. I think the the big changes that will come are coming down the pipe when we get the React server components. Um, but like it's it's becoming a nice stable platform. Um, it's nice that you can just dip in and get serverless functions. When you need it, the routing is built in. There's lots of li- lots of libraries available for React, which is pretty cool. It's nuts. Um, I, I I hate to admit how much I like Next, but it's just so good, isn't it? It's so yeah. good. I the only thing I wish that they would do is, um, and I I kind of wonder if they're going to do this because I wish that they would make a CMS because they have they just announced this like real time editing thing and. I just looked at it briefly, but I was like, okay, like I, I get this. Like you and the client can be editing the same thing at the same time, and you can see where the, the client's cursor is. I was like, is the next step that they're going to roll out some sort of um, both like a data layer for React as well as um, some sort of CMS of like a client editing? Maybe, you know, isn't it interesting how Netlify never got into data really? They're like, oh, you just go somewhere else to store your data. It's either markdown files in your repo or or you're on your own. Yeah, yeah, they have... Same it, for it's sell, actually kind of interesting really when... I've, I've, I personally have been really enjoying um, the CMSs that are built on Prisma or just GraphQL. Uh, Keystone is one that I used in my last course, which I'm a big fan of. Uh, and it's it's not... I, I really like that the, it will generate all the GraphQL for you. I've certainly been in a situation before where I've had to hand code a lot of that GraphQL stuff myself, and it gets really repetitive after yeah. a while. Well, you both agree on GraphQL. Now you probably agree on more than that. But is that are you thinking that GraphQL is like the thing? Is it cuz it's it's, yeah, it's relatively new. It would there could be something that replaces it. It could, you know, but what do you think is you know, is it is rest dead? <laughs> I I don't think rest is dead. I like I still reach for just popping a quick endpoint in. If I have a Next.js app and I want a serverless function, I'll just make a new serverless function and then just dump the JSON from that. And I think especially if we start seeing a bit more of a swing back to uh, like server rendering, you you might just start be seeing people doing SQL statements right before they render. Like good old, we were joking on the last podcast how like we're sort of everything we we do in, in JavaScript world is sort of like, well, PHP did that like 12 years ago. Uh, yeah, uh, indeed. So I don't know, like I, I think GraphQL is, is definitely for a big project that's that's the way to go right now but i don't think rest will go really anywhere yeah. I mean, it's just a url right it's not like urls are gonna die 
No, nobody mentioned Vue at all, but I know Dave likes Vue. Would that be in your kind of an ideal Dave stack these days? Oh, yeah, Dave stack. Uh, you know, I think my ideal is like maybe non-existent right now. Um, like uh, I'm using a lot of Nux, kind of went all in on Nux, using Prisma, uh, which we talked about. It's it, it's cool. It's got quirks, but it's cool. I picked it up like learning Redwood, I guess, and mm-hmm. it was... It was like, oh, like this, it's the Rails uh, ORM, basically. It's it's like, but you do a little com- compilation step, but it's like a really nice like way to interface with your database, uh, even like a REST API or a REST database. So I just was like, this is what I want. Um, uh, but I think I when the more you use Nuxt, I, I feel like the more you feel like, oh, I would like this to be on Vue 3 in Vite rather than like Webpack and Vue 2, um, mm. which I think I that's all that. coming in Nuxt 3. But but you start feeling it as it goes, you know, and, you know, you get an error on runtime.js, runtime.min.js line 392, and you're just like, I don't know why that, that, that means nothing to me. <laughs> I hope these dev tools stick with that, that like speed is so vital. I don't even think Nuxt uses anything exotically fancy beyond Webpack. In fact, yeah, they just moved to Webpack 5. Which is great, but like, okay, uh, yeah. if Webcap gets leapfrogged in speed by something, which is probably, I think, is kind of happening mm-hmm. with ES build and stuff, they should move to it because that's what, uh, th- when you're using a tool that has that fast of compilation, you're like, oh, mm, yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's too fast. Yeah, it's 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 updating before you can finish typing or, or thinking. It, it's it's so very fast. And um, we, we were like doing full production builds of our server <laughs> just because it was just that fast. We didn't have to even think about it. It was still faster than what we were doing um, in the past. So, I mean, ES build to me is... Which is, is what are you using, did you say? Oh, you are using Yeah, ES we are build. using nice. ES build. And we're just using that to compile our TypeScript, but um, on the server side, it is it's very good. Uh, I got the perfect stack for, for Scott out of there, which was full of all kinds of exotic buzzwords. So I feel like that was worth it just for that. Scott does that where he... he Scott loves trying new stuff. And he has no problem dropping and rewriting everything. Like he's written, rewritten his course platform probably four or five times since we've started isn't the podcast. That, but isn't that cool? Like if he does that, then he has real world experience using it and then can make learning material about that thing. It's kind of a cyclical exactly. bonus yeah. thing, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, that's cool. So I, I, had, I was going to ask him and you though, have you seen Astro? I feel like I'm going to become a dev evangelist for it. It's like some next, next gen stuff. I haven't um, tried it out yet. I just saw yesterday that it is open to the public now. So I am also very excited about that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like, even if you just like JSX and just wanted to stay in React, you just can. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to learn all this new stuff. Like, the dot .astro components are cool and are JSX also and have some, like, cool superpowers. But, like, it, you can just... I think porting won't be so bad. Like if somebody really wanted to move a create react app to Astro, it's going to be a bunch of work, but probably not as bad as it seems. I don't know what it would buy you over next. Cause one of the advantages of Astro is that it builds this like static HTML, right? Which is a big deal to me. I'm not going to launch no site without server side rendering of some kind, you know, if it's yeah. for the, for the contenty parts. So I need that, but next already has that. So yeah, it's, I, I feel like we're in a, a bit of a, a, a renaissance right now where you know when everybody switched over from 
jQuery to these frameworks. Um, there's a lot happening in a JavaScript land right now, and it's all awesome stuff. Yeah, yeah. What are you thinking about, Dave? Oh, it's yeah. I was thinking about n- next, you know, in the new React changes that Wes was talking about, like static builds and suspense and all this stuff. You know, I just like I think I would still choose next for like a React project, just because like all that stuff's just going to get better. Like they're going to handle it better, right? Like you don't have to crunch your own static build server and client build server. You, know? you might do nothing. You might update your package.json and it just you just get it all, you know. There might be breaking changes, so I can't promise that, but th- that's it's a possibility that their work under the hood you just benefit from naturally. Yeah, it just seems like we're in like I don't know, there's a few established players right in the scene and you know, any benefits that come should trickle down, hopefully, you know, unless you're stuck on some like, I guess, Nux 2 or something like that. But, <laughs> you know, like, I think like eventually it'll get better, you know. I'm curious, like, the database stuff always gets me. I, I need to check out Keystone, uh, which I think What's the data store in Keystone? What is it? Some Keystone was, they initially wrote their own adapters where you could either use uh, MongoDB or you could use, I think it was Prisma. And then they basically, what they did is they ripped out their entire adapter. Um, the API stayed exactly the same, which is awesome. Uh, you didn't have to update any of your actual code. But behind the scenes, it's actually using Prisma. So you get all the benefits of uh, the GraphQL and and all the the hosting. And it, it runs on... Um, SQLite locally, which is just like a Whoa, file seriously? on your computer. So like there's mm. no like as like a tutorial creator, I'm so happy because like then there's that's one you don't last have to step be, go of to like, this thing, sign yeah, up for a free account. Pseudo NPM, don't put your credit card in. Like there's none of that. It's just here's a file. And also if you want to give people starter data, you just give them the file and there's all this data in yeah. it already. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. No, that's pretty cool. I just so, but what's the deploy story with Keystone? You you have to like, it's a node server of some kind somewhere, right? Like in between the database and your client, is that kind of what it ends up being? Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's a node server, or um, they are getting it to run. So it's built on Next.js as well, um, and they are working on getting it to be able to run it on things like Vercel, so you can run it in serverless functions which is pretty mm-hmm. nifty. I think that'll be the the baby bear porridge as we move on in web development. Be like, yes, static front ends are a good best practice. There's lots of advantages to them and you should have access to a server. There should be no yeah, behind it's, it. It's almost like you need like a... Also. <laughs> we, we took out the server, right? Like with serverless, but now you... But I feel like anytime you want that data layer, you do need the like you do need a server kind of in there in front of your database or next to your database or something. Cause I, what I was doing in the, or I am doing in this next app is like just using Prisma as a serverless function. Um, and it's all working, but it's very like, like manual, I guess. I don't know. Like I'm not, I'm just using rest APIs cause that's what it has by default to get the GraphQL server. That's what I would need something like Keystone in front uh-huh. of it for. So um, so it's like for every little change, I have to send a statically typed deal. You know, I, I can't just riff on my queries and mutations, you know? Yeah. The, the Keystone gives you 
just like in a min dashboard. You can upload files, make your own custom Ooh. inputs. It's like a like a CMS they that sits on UI top of Prisma. That's cool. It like that's pretty much what it is. It's not like a it's not a front end thing. It doesn't care what your front end is uh, or, or how you build your app. It's just like a, an actual CMS. So it has like um, really I, the thing that really won me over to Keystone over a couple of the other um, ones that are out there, which is there's tons of really good ones. Is the they have a really good um, like auth and and permissions um, way to sort of manage access to things. Like you should be able to create something, but you shouldn't be able to update that. Like you should be able to create an order, but you shouldn't be able to update how much you paid for that order. Right. There's all these like little nitty gritties and like permissions is such a slog. And if you screw something up with permissions, you could potentially be opening up a major security hole. So I was just like, so happy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big deal. We talk about it all the time at, at CodePen, you know, because we have to, I don't know, like th- you, you can do a sloppy job with permissions that it's secure and fine, but isn't very extensible and isn't very interesting and doesn't match with what people expect. I mean, I think Google Docs is whatever, like kind of a canonical example of how what the where the bar is for permissions where you can just be like, oh, this is private, but I can make it public at the individual document level and I can invite this one person or I can invite my whole team or what are, you know, there's all these like options for it. That crap doesn't code itself. No, that's, <laughs> that's like, can you imagine being like a new dev be at Google and they like sit you down and be like, okay, um, like here's like 40,000 lines of permissions. Uh, <laughs> like That would be <laughs> tough, tough, tough. Right. And, and the trick then is to, because you then if even if you could pull off all those features, did you do a good job pulling off those features such that they're, they continue to be understandable and extensible and, you know, or is it just a, you know, 10,000 if lines or whatever? This episode of Shop Talk Show is brought to you in part by Jetpack. You know, the plugin for WordPress does all sorts of stuff. A lot of stuff you can buy a la carte, like backups, which is a you know really nice way to do backups on a WordPress site, especially because you can just like click a button and restore to any given point really, really quickly. You know that you can actually do that from your phone like they have uh, ios and android apps for wordpress that can do that now there is a dedicated jetpack app for your mobile devices too i have it here on my phone uh just to be clear it's really a lot similar to the wordpress app already so if you already have the wordpress app for your phone it can do a lot of the same things but this is specifically branded to to jetpack and a little more streamlined like if there was some features in that WordPress app that you didn't need, like the reader, that's just not there in the Jetpack plugin, a little more focused. But you can do stuff like, let's say you just, you know, there was some problem on your site, but you ran out for an errand. You could just be like, you know what, I'm going to bring this up, roll back to just like a couple hours ago when I know the site was working and just like click the button and know that it's going to do that, save your site and you can deal with it when you get back. That's kind of amazing to be able to restore on the go. And it's got your activity log in there, but it's got all this other stuff for WordPress you can do. Like you could, you know, sometimes like I do, I'm laying in bed in the morning, like, ah, welcome to a new day. I'll go like approve comments and spam comments and all that stuff. That's all in there too. 
you could write a new blog post in there. That's all in the Jetpack plugin. So if you just want like focused like site management stuff, including Jetpack specific features like security scanning and all that, that's in the Jetpack app. Thanks for the sponsorship. Have you ever, and Wes, just to switch gears a little bit, because you, you and all talk about WordPress a little bit too, because like you said, you're a, you know, have a lot of experience with lots of different stacks and been around a long time. I do it all the time because I have active sites that I work on that are literally in WordPress. And I'm like happy about that. I think they do a good job. And I think it's the right technology for the job a lot. Although... It's funny to work like all day and next and then have to do like a little bit of work on a WordPress website and compare the DX I have set up that's just given to me on the next site and to compare the DX that I've worked a long time on trying to make better on the WordPress site and have it just be so poor. There's no prettier (laughs) for PHP. There's no live reloading. There's no... There's all this stuff that just sucks working on that side. And it's not like awful. I'm used to it. I get it done. But isn't that funny? That's like this platform that's like, can't, do you think it will get there? Do you think anybody's even trying or am I just behind the times? Probably about a year ago, there is a prettier PHP plugin. It's not production ready. And like, I, I tried it about a year ago and it like, blah, and like it literally broke the code. So I was just like, I was, that's true. I was like, man, I am so spoiled by this like JavaScript stack. And then like, I can't leave WordPress. I still have a couple WordPress sites because like it, it's the best CMS. There's people that love it. There's people that have sites that have been built for 10 years on this thing. You can't do away with it. And also like, I was listening to a couple of your podcasts. It, it sounds like the all the new WordPress stuff that they're moving on, like the features are becoming really, really nice, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I don't think it's like, oh, it's this tried and trusty old hammer and I just use it because I use it, which is, you know, that would be an acceptable way to feel too. But it's not stodgy. I think it's it's pretty it's pretty good these days. But what's not good is like authoring PHP templates with no the DX help. Yeah. Yeah, I, exactly. Especially like moving to TypeScript and having all of those, how nice it is. And then you move, like, I know that there's people that have much nicer PHP setups for their applications. There's a lot of Laravel developers that are really good at that. And they've, they sort of look at some of the WordPress templates that I sling and think that's, that's child's play. But that's, that's the type of PHP that most WordPress developers are, are working with. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I have this like limit where I'm like, I actually write a decent amount of PHP for my site, but then have moments where I'm like, but I really am not actually a PHP developer, yeah. you know? Like I don't really actually know what I'm doing in here. And this been so long and there's so much of it that it needs auditing and, and reorganization and stuff. And I end up usually trying to hire out for that kind of work. too much one interesting thing this like wordpress news is wordpress bought uh acquired day one the like mac journaling app which is actually pretty smooth and pretty cool and nice it's been around forever i used to use that that's the thing that you can kind of trust to write like i had a sad day my crush told me i'm stupid or whatever and that it does it absolutely does not go anywhere except for for you to see why did wordpress buy them well i wonder if there it's a native app play to make blogging more i mean the writing angle makes sense but it's not about publishing oh for gen z yeah maybe like just kind of 
don't know, more more casual. So you could just kind of, I don't know, bring back Live Journal or whatever. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, the the literal reasoning is from Mullenweg. It's, he says, for many years, I've talked to anyone who will listen about my vision of making automatic the Berkshire Hathaway of the internet, which means like buy a lot of stuff. Doesn't isn't that? I don't. <laughs> I think is it Berkshire Hathaway is Warren Buffett's thing where he just like buys stuff a buys lot. Companies, yeah. He's like, oh, shipping liner, we'll take it. So I think the part That's of the true. idea of purchasing wasn't necessarily it's perfect alignment with the WordPress vision. It's a perfect alignment with the automatic vision, which is buy stuff. <laughs> yeah. And you look at um, like Mongoose, which is a adapter that you use in Node. It's like the most popular adapter to use in Node for MongoDB. And automatic maintains that and they pay people to work on it. And like, like why? Kidding. I'm not sure if they have apps that use that, but like that is a like a building block of the internet. And it's really cool to see automatic, just like putting money towards that type of thing. I had no idea. Wow. A lot of companies do too. And this thing, <laughs> I'm a little <clears throat> embarrassed to say I've never heard of it. Oh my God. The, the repo is yeah. of mongoose. That's what I use on my, um, this is initially made by TJ Holochuk, which mm-hmm. he's the author behind uh, stylus and, um, Express and literally everything in early Node.js days. Uh, so back to you know the fact that we both have podcasts here. Dave wrote this and I like this. Like like you have a lot of people that listen to your show. Us not so much, but combined we're even bigger. You know <laughs> what? What do you like want for them? Like what? What is the message? What do you like? You know, like I'm sure you think it's f- f- fun. Certainly we do too to, to have a yeah. podcast. But do you do you think about like what would be better for all these people oh yeah yeah it's it's kind of interesting you get messages all the time from people who are like six weeks into a coding boot camp and they just listen to 300 hours of of past episodes or, or something like that yeah, yeah. I, I think like at the end of the day uh we want to help people understand this crazy world of web development things change so quickly you don't necessarily know what everything is and by tuning in once or twice a week and just listening to what we have to say, you're sort of just like keeping up with what's going on in web development, learning a new thing here and there, and and finding out some interesting new things in in JavaScript. Um, the kind of the, like the the side effect to that is that people buy our courses. We can sell platform. We can sell sponsors on it. Like that's nice that we can make money from it as well. Um, but like it genuinely comes from a place of Scott and I are really excited about this type of stuff. And we're going to try to explain the stuff that we are learning and excited about. Yeah. Do you have to make time for that in a way? Like, like I wonder if you, well, I mean, Scott's literal career is selling tutorials also. So I guess it kind of goes for both of you, but that you have to learn new stuff in a way that other people don't because your job is to teach it. So like you can't just be stuck and. Yeah. Well, do you feel the. FOMO real hard or do you not really like I'm always excited about new stuff. So I'm always getting into it. Um, And then I do make a point of checking like this morning, last day I've been building a little app in Svelte because Scott's talking about it. um, And it seems to be gaining some, some serious traction. So there's that. And then like also anytime we have an episode, we'll spend sometimes we'll spend an hour or whatever researching it and diving into it, talking to people, tweeting about it. So um, don't necessarily feel too too much FOMO. I feel like we do a pretty good job at keeping up with what's going on. But even then, like I was tweeting about Svelte yesterday and someone quote tweeted it and was like, 
I've been talking about it for two years and finally Wes is is taking a look at it. And I'm like, okay, bud, you know, like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like I'm not going to check out literally everything out there. Like I can't, it's, there's not enough time yeah. in the day, but uh, and and that we get like heck from people for not talking about angular and things like that. But we just talk about the stuff that, that we are interested in and that we have time to check out. Um, and that includes usually react some other frameworks um, and then all of CSS and all of HTML and all of vanilla JavaScript. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I forget to mention Ember all the time. Hi, Melanie. That's just for <laughs> Melanie. <laughs> Only for Melody. <laughs> Discord. Um, yep. You know, I had a day the other day where, with this Apollo thing, this is the one I'm excited about recently, and I'm like almost like looking for excuses to use it because I think it's so cool. Um, I had it the, the day that I played with it, my day as a whole looked like I got into work at the normal time and I like, did yeah. some ser- serious dev work on our regular stack and just knocked out stuff and wrote documentation and closed tickets and answered emails and did all that stuff. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to do something different. And then I played with Astro for like an hour, you know, and then I probably went back to some more normal work and went home for the day. And it was happened to be a day where there was some definitely some Twitter vibe of like, you don't have to learn new things that's you know we're busy like or you know like the the vibe was like don't have fomo because you yeah. don't have to keep up with this stuff and i kind of like that message overall like that's okay to be telling people that you shouldn't be covered in guilt all the time for not coming up with stuff overall i think it's a good message but then i looked at my day and i was like you know what like it wasn't that much of a stretch for me it wasn't at odds with anything else i was doing to have a look at some technology you know like i think there's a little bit of balance there that says like i don't think you the the message is right to tell people like never learn anything (laughs) like don't worry about it just use your existing tools it's like it's not a a terrible stretch to check out some tech no, no, it, it's good for for your career. I think to be able to check out new stuff. We we always tell people on the podcast when you've heard us talk about it eleven times, then it's your turn to check it out. You know, like <laughs> don't don't go like we're we're checking stuff out pretty early and telling you about it. But then like when you hear us talk about it over and over and over again, like Svelte, I keep hearing about it. I'm like, okay, now's the time. I th- this is something that I, is not going away. Obviously. Um, there's certainly lots of frameworks and what that fizzle out, but this is not one of them. So I think it's pretty easy to know, okay, this thing is gaining some momentum and it's becoming pretty stable. Now is the time that I can spend an hour or whatever. And I think it's fun as well. Like, like, don't you feel like learning something like Astro is just like renews some of your excitement for web development? Yes. It does. But I would say that it it does kind of like depend on my mood a little bit and other things that are going on in my life. And that if what's going on in your life is like, I just don't have the brain space for that, then that's the part that's like, okay. But when you're in that mood that like this sounds a little fun, actually, to try it. Yeah, it does. It gets your brain spinning in this very kind of like cool, positive way. Like, you know, here I am doing me. I'm a little engineer. Look at me, you know, <laughs> building stuff. Yeah, I could. Like, it's really like, oh, I could actually build a full blown app, you know, that I, I get that as well. When I like it, it's, this happens like pretty much every summer, Scott and I 
we we record for the entire summer and then we take like a month or two off of the podcast and I slow down my work. And then every September, um, I say, ah, like now I'm interested in some of this new stuff. And it's true what you say about just being in the headspace for that. Sometimes you just completely overwhelmed. You're not interested in web development at all. But then I find personally, as soon as I have a bit of a rest from this type of stuff, I start getting that itch to check something new out. Yeah, it's like deep. It's too deep in our brains at this point. Like, like it or not, like we all want to, you know, have dreams about living in the woods and I don't know, being a basket weaver and all that's like, it's fun to (laughs) think about other hobbies. But like, I hate to say it, we have hobbies and those hobbies are going to draw us back. Yeah. Even when we take breaks. Oh, that's nice. I think <laughs> for me, for me, I think there can be a problem when it's like a, when it, when it feels like it's another thing you got to learn, like, oh, you know what? I didn't learn Svelte and now there's Astro. That's another thing. Oh God. You know, yeah. like, and it's going to be on the LinkedIn's and you need 10 years of it or whatever astro experience and stuff like that and you're just like man that's not i it just came out yesterday so i feel like when it feels like it's another thing you have to learn like your your like stuff you have to learn list goes big that can be kind of demoralizing yeah but you're like really been around web a long time and you're really smart and you probably and you kind of like know what you know the basics. You know that some crap's got to make some HTML that goes to browsers and you got to put some data somewhere and there's probably should be a permissions model or something, right? There's like these fundamental aspects of web development that never change so that you're like well-suited to write something like that off for a minute, knowing that if I use those tools, it's going to spit out some HTML and a server is going to serve it and there's going to be some data somewhere or something. Like it's not going to be so fundamentally different. I'm not, the paradigm of what a website is hasn't changed <laughs> under my feet necessarily. So there, there's that. Kind of yeah, that, that's a really good point. You can you can skill up on these things very quickly once you've done two or three once you've been doing it for a couple of years, like the first thing I built in JavaScript was extremely hard because I didn't know what events were and uh, the DOM and event delegation and like you learning all of those things for the first time is, is tricky. But then once you understand that, yeah, you're fetching data, there's cores and you got to put it in HTML and listen for a click. There's HTML and cores. That's all you have to know. <laughs> <laughs> 90% of all the pain. Of <laughs> course. Yeah. But it's, yeah, but it's still fun, right? Like, even though the thing does kind of the same thing, what's fun is like the learning the new syntax to some degree and seeing how much easier it is to do the thing or how well it matches some requirement that you have. Like, to me, I'm exploring things like next because out of the box, it does static rendering and to me i'm like that that's what i wanted i don't really care about the tech i want to make sure that the thing that i use has that and so then when yeah. i look at astro i'm like oh it has that too it has that same requirement but look how it handles data fetching wow they made that like a first class citizen they made yeah. it like a very primary thing of how they do stuff Ooh, that's nice that could like maybe lower the cognitive load of this this code base kind of thing what are you exploring next for specifically for your blog or just 
No, I'd be, well, that would be a whole interesting thing to think about. But no, no, I'm I'm sticking with PHP for that for now. Yeah. But think of the 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 code pen editor, the pen editor itself, the the simple one where you just write HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, and you see the thing. That is one page on CodePen that is still rendered by Ruby on Rails templates, and there's some jQuery still on that page, and it's an older area of the site just because it's very very complicated, and we on purpose didn't like port that page to the new stack as the very first thing we did with a new stack. So it's a straggler on CodePen as far as being rewritten, knowing that it's so vitally important to CodePen that when we rewrite it, we're going to rewrite it with a bang, you know? And it's one of those pages also that there's some pages of CodePen where I don't really care if they're not static rendered at all, like your settings page or whatever. Like, who cares? You're logged in. It's just for you. I just could care less if that's static generated or not. But when something is public facing and that Google crawls it and has SEO implications and all that stuff, for example, like just hundreds of millions of pens, which we have, that cannot be a div on a page. It needs (laughs) to have all the metadata. It needs to have the code that people wrote so that it can be indexed and re-indexed quickly and all that stuff. That is, They are server-side rendered today because it's Ruby on Rails. But as soon as we switch to over to a React stack, our React stack, we haven't crossed the barrier of server-side rendered React on CodePen yet. CodePen isn't a next app yet. So I'm playing with it because what if it was, you know, then we would buy all this stuff. You don't want to go down the route of rolling your own server-side rendering in React. We we did an entire show on how Scott was frustrated with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had to scrap it because they rolled out a whole bunch of new changes to making it easier. But still, like, it's... It's tricky. Yeah, just let to... somebody else do it for you, you know. And for us, we we can't static generate it either because, you know, hundreds of millions, like I said, that's not happening. So it's got to have a node <laughs> server behind it. You're going to have a Gatsby it. site with 100 million pages. Yeah. Netlify build will take no, three days. Node server it is, you know. And this is not <laughs> done. You can't explore this. This is early days. But but we're, we are having some success with it. And then, and then it becomes interesting, like, because we're a big, long, old app... We can put next at a sub route, like a slash. This page is a next app, but this other page isn't still, you know, like that's the kind of architectural Mm -hmm. stuff that we're going to have to face. And then maybe someday you put next at the root and it it handles everything. But like you don't we don't have to do that on day one. And we probably shouldn't because then we're not kind of like learning as we go and finding the rough edges and stuff. So there might be a day. I don't know if this is how it will play out, but that that the editor itself is just its own part of a mono repo next app. Like just that one page is served by next. There's no problem with that. We can do that. Totally. Yeah. And you don't even necessarily have to use the routing part of next. You can just use the, right. the nice server side rendering bits and, and whatever other bits mm-hmm. you want. But if you're not sharing the router, then you're it's, you know, it'll be limiting. You'll, you, you won't get the, the smooth page transitions yeah, we'll get true. later when we when we make the full site react. And that's OK. It's just a trade off, you know. So like there's some areas of the site. This is like deep in the weeds and I'll shut up in a second. But if you go to like the challenges section of CodePen, you click around the months and weeks and stuff. That's a like react router sitting there doing that routing. And you can tell how fast the page transitions are it's so much nicer than a Ruby on Rails transition, I think. Oh, yeah. I'm on it right now. It doesn't it keeps the scroll position. That's nice. 
Yeah, but then if you click over to a pen, you know, you get the big slow, I'm going to load up the editor now, Ruby on Rails app is happening, you know, wouldn't that be nice to switch over to that and have it be instantly fast because it's preloaded and, you know, all that stuff that, you know, that's a UX thing that where I want to get there. And it's probably next that will get us there because just of how, how, you know, it's a, you know, it. it's been around forever. It's a very solid project, right? Trustworthy project, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I talked about myself enough. Maybe we should do sick picks, huh? <laughs> hey, uh, Wes, uh, segue us into sick picks. How's it work? Uh, we say now is the time where we do sick picks, which is things that we pick that are sick. <laughs> Perfect. It needs a jingle. Do y'all don't have a jingle? Transition? Uh, man, just... we've been we've been like needing to get a jingle. And we, I even found some guy on Fiverr that would record us like a Blink One Eighty Two knockoff song, but Scott thinks we're gonna yes. get, we're gonna get sued for it, so we're not gonna do it. <laughs> Which <laughs> I definitely have run into legal issues with large companies before for knocking off their logos. So maybe it's best we don't do that. Fair enough. Uh, Usually you'll get a <laughs> cease and desist. You won't go right to court, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but then you'd have to go back and cease and desist like 200 episodes or whatever. That would be unfortunate. Yeah, that oh, would be yeah, a bad yeah. bad day. So, uh, yeah, we need to get some better jingles for it. Wouldn't it be nice if the audio tag in HTML took like a comma-separated list of MP3s so you could like stitch together? <laughs> yeah. Stitch, so just... that we could just find and replace in your website. Like, oh, the six-pick thing? Just remove that from the... Doop. Yeah, that's actually not a bad idea. <laughs> M3U playlists, is that what they were? Yeah, or something like that. I think, anyway. I think Spotify is doing that with podcasts right now so that they can get, they can inject ads that are, ads a lot saw, of people, yeah. a lot of podcasts I listen to give me Canadian specific ads for like banks and investing apps that are only in Canada. And yeah. I think, oh mm-hmm. yeah, they, they detect my... IP address, and then they deliver me this compiled MP3. But yeah, wouldn't it be cool to just send a couple MP3s down the line? Yeah, play them in order. Go. Yeah. <laughs> play this. This is one, two, whatever you want here. Three, four. There you go. That'd be a good <laughs> uh, Okay, sick, sick picks. picks. What do you got, Dave? Tell sick me. Sick picks. Me? I basically I watch everything Dave tells me to. So. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> Uh, so I got some sick picks. Tell me if I'm doing this right, Wes. So my first sick pick is a shonen anime, young young boy anime called Haikyuu, uh, which is about a, the <laughs> some kids who go to high school and join the uh, boys volleyball team. And okay. it sounds very. It's on Netflix. Uh, if you have Netflix, it's probably on like Crunchyroll and stuff too. But uh, there's a manga as well. But if you, uh, it's it's really cheese ball in the way that like you know like a whole episode will be like one single point of a volleyball game. You know, like he's gonna serve. He has the power serve. I must counter the power serve by using my power spike. You know, like it's like all these like <laughs> kind of like mental mind games for a whole episode. And then like mid serve, there's like 10 flashbacks and stuff like that to like when uh, they were boys in junior high and they played against each other, you know? Um, so it's very sappy and silly and, and uh, in that way. Uh, but it's, it's really good. And I will say it's really good because it's about like teamwork, working on something as a team, 
And that's what I'm getting from it. Like finding people's specialties, what they're strong at, what they're weak at, and assembling teams and figuring oh, that out. Oh, nice. So, that's cool. Anyway, here's, here's, I'll read it. Two boys who are bitter volleyball rivals in middle school join forces on their high school team to take on other schools with a vengeance. Yes, that's it. <laughs> and it's really, it's really good. Uh, and, uh, and then my other pick, which is sort of like a, what, what, like a, a preemptive pick, uh, Nintendo Garage is like a video game builder for Nintendo Switch. Um, so it's like a game where you build games. Um, and it's kind of like, uh, you know, it'd probably be in the no code realm since you're doing it on a switch, you know? Um, uh, but I downloaded it. My son's interested in making games. He's seven. Um, wow. he has not really gravitated to this, so I might have to go ahead and, and like kind of build a game and just see where it's at. But I think it's a lot of reading. And so he pieces out, you know, yeah. um, can but, you write an if you then know, statement? I think you can. I think it's kind of like scratch style. Yeah. Oh, this um, looks cool. Blocks. So, uh, yeah, Nintendo Garage. So, uh, you know, and then there's like a whole like state machine for like making a character walk and, you know, just like, wow. you, yeah, you just like drag, like you click this button. Oh, he jumps, you know, stuff like that. So, um, oh, I'm into that. Kind of cool. Like just, I don't know. Like, yeah. Uh, even from like a coding perspective, I, I like, I want this for websites. I don't know (laughs) the thing where I like drag little blocks around. I I want that. I don't know. Can we make that? So, uh, anyway, so I'll probably have to make something, uh, just to get him like interested, but yeah, anyway, that's my sick. Nice. Did he do it right? Was that a sick pick? I do it right. Yeah. Yeah. You did. You did the sick pick, right? Double you double picked. So that's your ear. You're up there. That's a good job. Okay, Wes is up. I am going to uh, sick pick two YouTube channels. Um, I've been getting into lawn care. Something flipped in my brain. I've had a crappy lawn for my entire life. And something flipped in my my brain. And I'm super into lawn care right now. And uh, anytime I get into anything, I, I do the whole just consume every single YouTube video out there. Um, and then I'll have a pretty good idea of the like surface area of this topic. So, um, over the last like, couple of weeks, I've just been consuming lots of YouTube videos. And there's high quality the, channels. They're like, they're like, take it seriously. Yeah. They've got like a, like a drone and like a little, oh like a cut sequence coming in of the guy cutting the lawn and $40,000 lawn mower. Um, Whoa. Seriously, two thousand dollar <laughs> drone. Just yeah. <laughs> what are the important topics? Is it like consistency? Is that one? Or like yeah, edging? yeah, consistency, cutting, uh, cut height, uh, watering. It's a yeah. little frustrating because they're all American and they dump all these chemicals on their lawns. And just in Canada, you can't buy any of that stuff. It's just not allowed. Uh, but uh, all the the sort of the stuff they talk about is learning about different types of grass is, is helpful. Um, and I'm, I'm almost at a, a point now where I'm going to unsubscribe from them just because I've like, I feel like I, I get it and mm. I don't need this to be my, like a hobby, but, uh, I've learned all I can learn. So the, the two channels are Connor Ward. He's, he, he's got this like front lawn. That's like a golf course and it's so thin or so, so short and it just looks amazing. Um, 
And he's pretty cool because he's, I think he's more like my style with web development. He's kind of off the cuff and, ah, it'll work out. You don't have to follow all these rules and you sort of just do this. So I really like his style. And then another one is Ryan Knorr and he's the, he seems to be more um, by the book and do everything 100% uh, properly. So both of those good, good sick picks for YouTube. Nice. Yeah. It reminded me of the, this one I started listening to about backpacks in our was a recommendation kind of in our slack and it's good they have high, good high quality videos they talk about backpack topics but then i'm yes. like i unsubscribe because i was like okay like but they really are still all backpacks right like there's kind of like <laughs> a, lim- a limit to yeah, how much uh, backpack talk you could listen to chase reeves is a really good bag youtuber um but like i bought a bag and it's gonna last me like 10 years so i'm kind of kind of over that for the next 10 years you know like i'm not gonna buy another sort one of, yeah. yeah sort of set sort of <laughs> yeah. good um yeah is this the guy oh, i can't i can't get into this again no more backpack videos <laughs> for me they, they're like all those i've because i bought a backpack i think last year but it was like thinking i would leave the house ha 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 but um <laughs> they uh you know they're always like well it's your standard 23 liter backpack you know everyone knows like what is that? You putting like, dude, putting ginger ale in there? Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> twenty three two liter. Like that's, that's a yeah. twelve eleven and a half two liters. That's a yeah. lot. That's a um, lot of ginger ale. What are you drinking? There's yeah. a, lot, a lot of ginger ale in there. But then and then like how many clothes can I fit in a two liter bottle? Anyway, so just like I, I never get that. I never understand volume. Like that's not a skill I possess. So I don't know. Uh, I'm really good at 2D things, less good at 3D things. What do you got for us, Chris? Um, Thanks for those picks. I'm going to do a web development pick. Sorry, that's no fun, but I just happen (laughs) to be what I wrote down. But I have this, like, to preface it, one of the things I hate about web development, and I'm probably alone in this, is just the command line, not using the command line, but needing the command line to debug things. Like when you're in a Ruby and you have to print crap to the thing to print a variable or whatever because you refresh the page and it'll also output 98 lines of stuff that the rendering thing is doing i don't know what but like i just despise having to use the command line to debug things i think it's an embarrassing failure of web development i know some people probably read it like the matrix and they just are so used to seeing it that they can see the stack trace in there and they love it or whatever but i'm just like as somebody who likes ui tools Totally wow, is it bad? Like, at least get some syntax highlighting in there. At least could you put some fences around errors or something? Use some fucking ASCII art. Do something. I hate it. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> WordPress is even worse kind of in that you don't even, with PHP, you don't even really have a command line. Yeah, a print like, where R. Do you print, just dump yeah. it into the menu. But yeah. you got to put it in the template. You know, yeah. and then and then look at it render somewhere, and probably put a pre tag around it so that it you know like has some formatting and stuff. That's unacceptable to me too. Like, oh my god! So I there's this app, and this is not the only one. Is I think people like Xdebug for this reason, and there's other stuff, but it's called MyRay.app, and I think it's it's has adapters for all kinds of languages, but for whatever reason, focuses kind of on PHP and WordPress. Ooh. Just by virtue of you having it installed on your machine, then you are when you're writing php you can just type ray parenthesis parenthesis you know ray is your new console.log essentially and whatever you throw at ray it outputs really super nicely in this dedicated app you know 
So if you are mm. in a, this, mo you probably won't need it every day. But if you're like working on WordPress and need to do a bunch of blogging of your queries and crap, this thing like kicks butt for it. Oh, man. Why? Yeah, I need, I've needed this for years. Mm, my Ray, super good. That's I have like a little function in my every WordPress install called pre underscore R, where it just <laughs> jumps a pre tag and then dumps the the object in there, and then you you it's like in some like weird font that you're using for like the H one tag. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really don't like that. Or like you put it somewhere that is only like a hundred pixels wide for some yeah, reason. Yeah, you got a horizontal scroll. You're not you're not a real developer unless you've outputted a whole PHP object in an H one tag. I just feel like <laughs> <laughs> you're oh, just not good. a real developer. You know. Oh my god. <laughs> Don't leave your Ray commands in your code, though. I think they will probably fail on production. But this is oh, also yeah. fifty dollars, so it's like you better be ready. You better be so pissed at your debugging scene, yeah. like I was, that you're ready to spend fifty dollars on this thing. Uh, but I did, and I love it. That's it. Sick wow. pick. Good pick. Nice sick pick. Well, we should wrap it up. Uh, uh, we'll just thanks, listener. If you're listening to this on uh, Syntax or Shop Talk, we just I think go safe for everybody. Uh, we appreciate that. Uh, you know, thanks Wes for coming on. Uh, Scott, uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, sometimes you have to buy a house in the middle of podcast. We understand what happens. Um, <laughs> whatever happens. So, uh, but <laughs> thanks for uh, coming on and doing this. We, we appreciate it. And yeah. Uh, thank you, dear listener. Uh, follow us, uh, uh, at shop talk show and syntax is at syntax FM. Am I right? You I'm, got right? it. Okay. There it is on the Twitters. You got your own outro that you are required to do Wes. Yeah. Let's well, Wes. Wes can take it over. We just say peace, which makes people say it's cringy, but we still do it. Oh, I think it's amazing. I like it. Let's just end on that. Shop talk show.com. Peace. peace.